Okay, uh, let's start the chapter. Okay, in chapter six, we'll be talking about database and information management. And basically what we are looking to learn in this chapter is the fact that um, what, are the, what are the problem of managing data resources in a traditional file, uh, file environment and how <clears throat> are they solved by a database management system. What are the major capabilities of database management system, the DBMS, and why is a relational database management or RDBMS so powerful? What are some important principles of database design? And also we will be talking about uh, what are the principal tools and technology for accessing information from database to improve the business performance and decision-making? Why are information policy, data administration, and data quality assurance essential for managing a firm's database? Now let's start from the scratch and some of you probably just in the refreshing situation. A file organization terms and concept, we will be talking about them. So we have something called bit, byte, field, record, and files here. And a bit, you know, it's made of the smallest unit of data, uh, which is a binary is a zero, one, or one. And then you have what you call byte is a group of uh, bits that represent a single characteristics, uh, uh, character, sorry. A field is a group of words or a computer number like seven, eight, six. Uh, and then you have the record, which is a group of related fields with each other. And then you have the bigger one, which is the file as a group of record of this, of same types. Then we get a, on a bigger sense, which is a database, which is a group of related files. And then with the database, you have what you call entity, which is an entity made of a person, a place, thing, event about which information is maintained. Then you have what you call the attribute, which is a description of particle entities. So you give an attribute to a person, place, things, and event. And what is running the database is, uh, you know, guiding the database is a key field, identify a field used to retrieve, update, or sort of record data. That's what we see as a, uh, you know, uh, end users, possibly. 
So if we look at the data overall and data hierarchy, we can start from the bottom things, which is a, it is a computer system organized data in hierarchies that start with a, a bit, which represent either zero and one, and bits can be grouped to, to form a byte and uh, to represent a character, character and a number or a symbol. And then you have bytes can be grouped together for, to form a field and related field can be grouped to form a record related. Record can be collected to form a file and related files can be organized into database. So if we look at it here, let's say this is a student database. In the student database, you start from, to understand how the data works, you start from the beginning, from the bottoms. And it's a bit, which is a zero, one, or something like that. And then uh, you have what you call ASCII, which is a collection of bits, which is called byte. And then you have what you call collection of bytes, it becomes a, a field, which is a field could be a course field, um, it could be a, a student, these are the fields or the grade. And then you have collection of these fields becomes a record. And you see here that the student with ID number so-and-so course in information system uh, date and what he got. And then these records together will generate a file and which is having a different student ID number and different in the same course, it would be a different course, but it's in the same course. And then you have the grades there. But overall, these are the files which is driven from the database, which is could be the course file, personal file, and financial file or any other files that is connected to the student uh, records. Now, what's the problem with a traditional file environment? You know that you heard of data redundancies and data inconsistencies. This is one of the problem with the traditional files. You, you keep, you know, when you start copying the same file somewhere else, that's it kind of a data redundancies, or if you adjust one file and it was one file and you made it to two files and somewhere the name is different or there is missing thing, that's inconsistency. Um, a program data dependencies, uh, so the, the you know, uh, without a program data cannot be extracted. Uh, lack of flexibilities there, poor security can be cracked easily, a lack of data sharing and availability because you have different departments that they didn't share uh, certain data together to operate. So if we look at it in the, uh, in the traditional, the use of the traditional approach of the data, the file processing encourage each functional area in the corporation to develop a specialized application. So if you have a, you know, um, a master file, a data element, everything, then you, but because you have your own application and you separate, you take a copy of that data and you start processing without sharing it with the master data. So we end up having 
for example, the accounting and financial have a different uh, derivative files. And on the other hand, you have the human resource have a different derivative file and the sales and marketing can be different. In, they are not integrated with each other. They're not sharing the same data with each other. So that might cause inconsistency and redundancy and will create, um, take a big space of your database or the, your uh, storage. The other thing, which is we said the data redundancies, which is the present of duplicate data in the multiple files so that the same data are stored in a more than one place or location. We have a tendency to do that on an individual level. And then you have the data inconsistencies. The same attribute may have a different value. And the thing, third thing is the data, the coupling of the data stored in the files and in a specific program required to update and maintain those files such that the changes in a program require changes in data. Whenever you change the program, you end up changing the data there because you're entering and you're extracting and you're adding the data. So these changing is required to synchronize it with all the applications across the, the company. And that might cause some, you know, uh, uh, more processes taking a space, more uh, space is needed. So these are all issues caused by the coupling of the data stored. A traditional file can deliver routine schedule report by extensive programming. In the old days, used to put an extensive programming just to extract certain uh, reports. And, uh, you know, but in the same time, it does not, you, you know, you set up your reports and you just, the programmer set up the report, but it doesn't give the customizer or the ad hoc report that later on might, might be the end user needs. Or also the respond of, suddenly you need to look for a certain report and it's not there on time for you and you need a programmer comes in and develop certain program to get this uh, developer approach. So it could be not in a timely fashion done. The other side also the poor security management may have the knowledge of who is accessing. They don't know who is accessing these data or making changes in the organizational data. So, you're having a different people have access to the data that makes it uh, on uh, uh, poor access security. And one of the ways of uh, hackers very su succeeded is through people passing this information to, to them um, or having a poor security uh, setup. Uh, so they can track it and find out uh, how to access to that data. <clears throat> the other thing is we noticed that in the traditional file environment, we do have a lot of data 
and availability, lack of data sharing and availability. Information cannot flow freely across the different, as we said, functional area or different part of the organization. Because, you know, each one will take a, a mirror of data, store it in their data, you know, and then start um, uh, altering theirs according to the need of working demand. And the other department would not have access to that. And that might be, uh, you know, uh, double work or even losing the, these uh, important tasks. So the database approach to the data management is what you call the DBMS or data management system. It's we need to see how a DBMS solves this problem, the problems of traditional file environment. We also will be looking at the RDBMS or relational database management system. We're gonna see how the operations of RDBMS happening and how the hierarchies and the network of DBMS is working and there is an objective-oriented DPMS systems also. We'll be talking about each one of them separately. But overall, overall, you have one database. And let's take a look at a human resources database. And it's basically, you have two department or two people looking at this in from a different angle. And here, they are looking at the same person with the same SIN number, but this person is looking at the healthcare benefit. So what is, is the database system, what it does, will be going to the, the database and extract the, the requirement, which is the name, the SIN, and the healthcare. It could be for the individual or it could be for a group. On the other hand, the person in charge from the accounting department could be the payroll in the accounting or the charge is also looking at the same name and the same num uh, assignment, but he's looking to see the gross pay and payroll because uh, net pay because he's looking to, you know, maybe paying the, the person. So this will be going through the DBMS or data management system and the data management system will be extracting according to the payroll uh, department. So here we see the benefit of you is looking at the name, the SIN number, and the healthcare, which is the SIN number, the name, and the healthcare bottom here. And here the payroll is looking at the name, the SIN number, and the gross pay and the net pays. And each one will be from one database extracting what they're looking for. <clears throat> now, in the case of RDBMS, RDBMS or relational database is represent a two dimension tables called uh, relation. So two dimension, there is two fields and they are connected to each other. Our two data's in a, in a relation. So it's represent as a two dimensional uh, table called relations. 
Now, relate data across the table based on a common data element. So there is a common data involved in a different cross, and you did probably do this cross puzzles or something, and you have a one letter crossing this and cross. So let's look at this through one in the middle is the one is kind of what do you call the related relates data across the table of a con that's what you call a common data for example and best example we uh, is the act uh, you know the, on a simpler level is the access you have the db2 you have the rdbms of oracle and sql and mysql of Microsoft. Now, to look more at the, you know, how this looks for you, the, the, uh, the relational database uh, uh, organized data, for example, here, you always have what you call the key field or the primary key. And in the supplier, when we're looking at it here, what we see these are probably we set up it as as a as a key field or the primary keys and you there is the number of the suppliers and once we've entered these we will have the rest of the field or attribute is showing for us so these are the things that um you know like a, you end up when you're entering the suppliers numbers which is the key field or the primary key, then you get the supplier's name, the supplier's address street, which cities and which province and all these. And all these is called record or rows record tabulated. Then when you look at, for example, uh, another a primary key or a, a key field, a primary key is Maybe the part numbers that you want to look at, and the part number, this will be uh, extracted utilizing also the foreign key. You can utilize the foreign foreign keys to arrange these data, or you can go with the primary key. So with the entering the part numbers, it will tell you uh, the part name the unit price and the supplier number. So when you have, want to say, want to find who is your supplier for this part, first you enter the part number. So it probably it will give you 137 door latch $22 per unit. And this is the supplier number. So also you can enter the supplier number here and then you get, this is the people is involved now you can migrate these together you integrate these together but this is how it's done as a two-dimensional so operation of a relationship dbms is uh, select a, uh, there is a what you call a select and then you have a joint and you have a project <clears throat> and a select is to create the subset of two rows that meet a specific criteria. In the joint is combined the relational tables to provide the user with information. And then you have what you call the project is enabled users to create a new table continually 
only a relevant information. So what does that mean? It means if you look at here, you have something called the select, and then you have uh, the joint and you have the driven from these two. So in the select, you enter probably you need to, here is set up as it's a three basic operation actually for DBMS, our DBMS. And then you have like, for example, you select the part number, you have a certain part number, you're looking at it, and then what gives you the information of that part number. And then you probably, you have what you call a joint by a supplier number. So these are the, this is where you do the selection. And once you click the selection, say you selecting this uh, uh, part number, it will also give you the list of the supplier's information. And from the uh, select part number and join by uh, suppliers, you can drive a project, which is if you want to look at a part number and who is the supplier for it, for example, you can drive that from it. So uh, that's, it is a combination of the part and the supplier in this case, or a combination of select and join in this case will give you some kind of a project. And you can do that combination because what happened in here, you have all these fields in the join part. It can be added here, any field of these uh, beside the key, uh, you know, the key field. And also any part of this can be added here and which is what you call a project. So the definition is basically, um, it's a, it is the select, join, and a project operation enable from two uh, different tables to be combined and only select the attribute to display. So you have two things, and you can combine them, and out of that you take out a new table that you are seeking example. Now, there is what you call no relationship or no Russian uh, relation database and uh, uh, database in the cloud. And that's a different logical approach for it. And it's, a, it's called no SQL, use a more flexible data model and are designed for managing a larger data set. Um, many different kind, including there is a, what you call Oracle, no SQLs, and Amazon Simple DB. So it's basically extracting certain data with a certain attribute there and putting them together without any relational. And it could be done through a private cloud, consolidated different servers, storage operating and database on a shared hardware and software architecture, which is probably end of this chapter. I'll, I'll show you how it looks like. Now, one of the capabilities why we need, for example, a DBMS, and we notice that the data warehouse 
and then all the data center and then the separated application called TBMS. And there is an extra application called RDBMS, for example. And then you get the application or people who are extracting these data. So why do we need the DBMS to get access to database? Is because the data definition language in the DBMS, we, what we do, we specify structure of the data base. <clears throat> and we have a data dictionaries, which is a stored definition of data elements and their characteristics. So if you are entering, for example, a word instead of numbers, that probably will be rejected. Um, and so we can also use the database, the DBMS, to do a querying and reporting. Um, crystal reporting is one of them, Crystal, uh, very famous one. But what you do, the querying and reporting is the data manipulation language, and you do a structured query language, which is SQL. Here, when you look at a simple Microsoft Access, where you have a data dictionary capabilities that display the information about, you know, the size, the format, and the other characteristics of each field of database. So it looks like this in general, and usually the key field you will have on here, you will have the key field indicating which supplier number it is the key field. So you have to enter the supplier number in order to extract the data accordingly. Um, so the display here is the information maintained by supplier table. Uh, and this is what we said is the key, uh, the, key the key icon that you see here is uh, you know left on the supplier number this here doesn't that okay here is indicate the key field so sometimes this doesn't show up one of the way an excess of the queries is uh, you know you enter the queries and then you drive the information so you enter the part plus the well, uh, and the suppliers, and then we tell you uh, these parts uh, are, which parts are covered by the same supplier, for example, in the grouping areas. But before you do this, you need to design the database. So the database has a different type of designing. There is one called a conceptual designing abstract model of database from a business perspective. Then you have the detailed description of business information. See, when you are implementing any application or a database application, they have a standard uh, you know, report that they will give it to you. And then this is what we call a conceptual design for the business in general. And then there is certain physical design, which is you ask more report with a different setup, which is a detailed description of the business information needs. And then you have what you call the entity relationship diagram, 
which is a methodology for documenting the database, illustrating the relationship between different database entities. Um, and then you have the normalization, which is we will be talking probably in two slides down the road about the process of creating a small stable data structure from a complex group of data. And that's probably do that because you have a, you don't want to have a, an access to the whole data and slowing down the data, you know, mining and all these things. You just, you know, you need to have a, uh, access to a certain fields of data and you can do that through normalization also. In the unnormalized uh, relation for order. So you have all these space data are stored in the data house. Um, that house. And the, before the normalization, you have order numbers, you have the order database, you have the, what do you call, a part number, a part name, a unit price, you could be having a, a part quantity, a supplier PC, a supplier city, a province, they are all, you know, a, a field of data and they are unnormalized relation contain uh, repeating groups. So for example, there can be many parts and suppliers for each order. So you want to order one and there are so many suppliers or it could be many parts within the orders. So there is a only one-to-one -one, as we saw it is corresponding and it's not, you know, um, uh, normalizing, not um, segmenting these data in a way according to the business requirement. So to do normalization, so you have, what do you have? You have what you call, let's assume you have the parts and the parts is got certain information, certain data is there. We need to get the part number and the part name and unit price and uh, supplier number. Here we selected that the key part is the, the part uh, number is the key in this field. And then we also utilizing the part number to be you know connected. We have what you call the part number is the key in the order uh, number, or you can call the part number is the foreigner key and the primary key is the order number here probably. And then you have the part quantity, which is new line item, talks about the new line item. And then you have also set up in a way you want to see the supplier number, who is your supplier in this list. So you enter the number for the supplier and see what he's supplying you. And we said uh, it could be supplying so many things or it could be supplying one thing and you have so many suppliers. So there is two options. One option is many suppliers and one product or one supplier, many products, which is made of many units. So you have the supplier here, which is supply number is selected as the key number in the supplier field. And when you're entering the key number, you will get uh, you know, all the information about suppliers. 
And then eventually the key number is the order number, which is, it is where you do a normalized table, which is you take the, the order number, which is the order number set up from say line item and, uh, and you got the order date is taken from different field. And, and, and it's a, after normalization, the original relation order has been broken down into four smaller relationship. And instead of all of them into big relationship, they want to see what kind of things you search for. So they break it down into small, smaller relationship. And this is the job of database engineer or database manager. The relation order is left with only, for example, two attribute and the relation line items has combined or group. And then instead, in other words, instead of when you are looking for an order number, you download, you, you look at all these parts of it, you look into order number and order date is kind of a relation, certain relationship is happening there. In the case of the, in other words, the entity relation diagram. Here, what you're looking at is really is how these are connected with each other and managed to with each other when you're digging. For example, here you see, I'm looking at the supplier. I'm looking for the supplier who provide this part. So this part can be provided by different supplier or one supplier can provide these numbers of the part, okay? I'm looking at this part who made up these uh, uh, islands, uh, line items, sorry. Or you probably wanna look at the fact that you wanna see the order that you made, which is belong to which line of our items, which is part of which orders. It depends how you break down these requirement of information that you are seeking and uh, extracting the data. But it all has a logical approach. For example, you are looking for a certain suppliers who is providing this part or vice versa, you are looking for this part and who is supplying that uh, part. Overall, on the top of it, there is something called BI or business intelligent infrastructures, which is what you have is coming from, driven from the data warehouse that you have. And what's a data warehouse? It stores current and historical data from many core operational transaction system. So whatever is, you know, you're entering from your applications, data's information gets extracted and goes to the data warehouse. And then it consolidate and standardize for the use of enterprise, puts it together, consolidate them together from different data, from different application, but they cannot be altered within the data warehouse. Once it's gone there, you cannot enter and alter it unless you have an authorization for that. 
And usually the data warehouse system will provide, you can get the queries from that analysis and reporting. This is the basic, the BI driven from the data warehouse. There's more application you can add on there where you can drive more information from the data warehouse. Now this term is used, uh, you know, loosely, and uh, but overall, data marks, all the this data engineering, data marks, all these things are used loosely, and sometimes you think it's, you know, they, they are almost, you know, there is lots of uh, a mutual uh, concept between them. So what do you have, what do you call the data marks? And it's uh, in the data marts is basically a subset of data warehouse. The other way of you talking about it is data metering, partially data metering also. Not a full data metering, does partially. So the data marts is a subset of data warehouse where you extract certain data and you look at them. You're not looking at the whole data. And it's summarized or highly focused for portion of a firm data or used by a specific population for users. So you are in the payroll, you're not supposed to, for example, to look at information about the sales or something. So they will be putting it in a, a data mark, for example. And, or you don't have access to lots of queries, certain queries, they will put it away in your data mark. And it's typically focused on a single subject, as I said, or a line of businesses. There's something else which is on the third party and is an open uh, resource, or, you know, source is called Hadoop. And Hadoop is designed to handle big data. There is application being developed like a snowflake is also is designed to handle a big data, uh, an open source software from framework, uh, framework uh, managed, enables the distribute parallel processing of a huge amount of data across the inexpensive computer. So it's an extra software to put it there between the data uh, warehouse and whatever is the tools that you're trying to extract and it helps you to extract this data. And there is something called, what do you call the in-memory computing design to handle the big data in the analytical forums, you know. As we said, these are loosely used terms now. Now it's getting more sharpened, but in the old days it's kind of, uh, you know, terminology that they use. The components of a data warehouse, what's a data warehouse is made of? The data warehouses depend on things that you are utilizing, which is the operational data. You have the historical data. You have the machine data, which is there is new things coming in, the machine learning data. And then you have what you call the web data, which is extracted from, you know, um, the web, or you have all these other uh, outsiders uh, collect through the web and you extract it. And then you have the audio and the 
videos and external data. As we talked about it, the Hadoop is located in clusters. It's, it's here, as you notice. If you notice, the Hadoop clusters is here, which is, you know, uh, it is here with the data warehouse. And basically, these data is collected from somewhere and becomes part of the data warehouse and could be extracted directly, like the operation data. And uh, here, where you have two types, we said, we have the casual users who sometimes looking for a certain queries, certain uh, reports, and they are looking at dashboard, the performance of that. And then you can do it whether you want to get it from the data warehouse, but preferably you have the two options, which is data mart, a separate setup for them. And then you have the power users, which is they might have a queries, a report, all labs, and data mining. And these are, maybe they are digging more information. This usually are under um, access of the C level, CEOs, CFOs, and all these people. So, a contemporary business intelligent infrastructure features, capabilities, and tools to manage and analyze a large quantities and a different types of data from a multiple sources. And we said it could be a videos, or audios, or writing, email, um, these are all other. And easy to use a queries and reporting tool for a casual business users and more sophisticated analytical tools for the power users are included. And now the power users also could be the database managers who set up, uh, you know, a certain reporting that it's not available. These are, could be the power users. There is now a new application that you can add on that can automatically, first of all, you can set it up very easily and start extracting any new data or updating, keep updating your, your uh, you know, queries or um, reports. And also there's an applications who can, you put a certain form into uh, uh, the, appli uh, the application and the application will read the relations between them and start generating reports for you. For example, you might enter two, three, uh, say up to seven uh, certain forms where you're looking at people with the high risk of defaulting in payments in the systems, uh, this area. And you put five, six forms like that in the storage machine, you start reading it, and then it creates kind of a relationship data and start, uh, it's called machine learning process. Now, there is tools for the business intelligent, uh, tools for consolidating, analyzing, and providing access to a vast amount of database to help users make a better business decision. Now, the BI could be centralized or decentralized. BMW, which is we will be talking maybe if we have time in the future, how they use a centralized uh, CRM and BI. 
And on the other hand, you find Ford, they do use it decentralized and they are for a different reason. Uh, in BMW, they even centralize the retailers, the distributors for their cars, the agents uh, also. And then there is also tools include the soft softwares for database queries and reporting, which we said like a crystal reporting. And you have what you call the online processing or the online analytical processing, which is OLAP and the data mining, which is we will be looking at more details about data mining if we have uh, on the video. But when you're talking about a multi-dimension, we have the binaries, you know, we said the two-dimensional and we have what you call the multi-dimensional data model. If you're looking at here, would you're looking at the project actual and they are, you wanna see the product is needed and where's the region. And if you flip this, you would see the same thing uh, utilizing a different fields like a, a nuts, bolts, washers, screwers, whether for the projected or for the actual. And if you look at for the region and you want to find out in the, this region, east, west, or period, period uh, whether it is what's actual or what's the projected. So the view shows the versus region if you rotate the the cube 90 degrees like this, um, um, the face that will show is product versus the actual and the uh, projected sales. Now, if you rotate the cup uh, 90 degrees again, then you will see the region versus region versus the actual project, actual and projected sales, uh, other views are possible. So there is here, you, you have the multi-data, multi-dimensional data model is done. One is probably a product versus the actual and projected sales. And another one is kind of a, a region versus the actual and projected uh, sales. In the data mining, you there is a tool to analyzing the large pool of data. That's what you call the data mining. And it's find the hidden pattern, infer rules for the predictor. It's a it looks for association, sequence, classification, clustering, and forecasting. And a broad example of benchmarking in the early days, we found out, you know, while somebody, a young man goes to, in Denmark, and uh, Netherlands, goes to, on a weekend, buys a beer, he end up buys the diapers. And uh, it is, we found kind of, you know, uh, kind of uh, an association between them. It's a way of setting up the association. You might use the sequencing uh, type, 
you need probably can do a classification type and it's a clustering as as you know group or age or whatever now and as all you do it for analysis or for the forecasting also it's such a big uh, you know loose and uh, uh, and it's depend on the database manager or database engineers how he he's looking for a relation not looking for a reality so if a relation is exists between two things that's fine now what do you have a text mining you notice sometimes you send an email twice or three times talking about certain color tv you get a, an ad on a tv that's what you call a text mining and to extract the key element from a large unstructured data set like the emails that you stored it and then what do you have the sentiment analysis which is mine the text comment in the email message um, whether in the blog or the social media conversation or survey to detect the favorable and unfavorable opinion about certain subject the other thing that some of us especially the people who is SES, uh, work in the field of search engine optimization seos they do lots of uh, web mining utilizing for example the google and others or they have their own web mining and as a web mining is a discovery and analysis of useful patterns and information from the world wide web um, there is a company very famous for that is they are searching on a constant base of people who are trying to have an interest in a certain field and they will extract who is that person who is searching that field and who is his co-workers and what their position and then when they will send it to the, the you know the concern paid uh, company in the database and in the web many companies use the web to make some internal database available to the customers or partners and you know google does that for you for google analytics typical configuration include web servers application servers you have the middleware you have the cgi scripts that use you know utilize and you have what you call the database server hosting or the hosting the dbm and the advantage of the using the webs for the database access is usually it's easy of the use browser softwares you've seen have you uh, um, some of you have seen how the uh, database managers are extracting data it, it is not very attractive for the end users so there is a web which is, makes it easy to extract and easier to search for your data it's prompt you with these information to enter sometimes 
and then you set up your queries and get it. So it's easy for the use of a web browser, browser the software. Web interface require a few or a new changes or no changes uh, to the database. And it's inexpensive to add web interface to the system. And it basically looks like this. You have the database here residing. And then you have the certain database server who extract these data and as a TPMS in a way. And then you have the application server and the web. So you are as here, you extract it through the internet to the web servers uh, and then to the application servers from database. So use access to an organization, internal database through the web using the desktop PCs and the web browser softwares. What do you have is, how do we manage these old data? We have to have some uh, rules and regulations for that. So establishing an information policies is like a specific, the organization's rules for sharing, disseminating, acquiring and standardizing classifying and inventing information. So they wanna make sure that not everybody enters any data, nobody enter, even if he's allowed to enter data, not any data he can enter, or if it's the data is an incomplete, should be not prompted to be stored. All these process, it is a kind of a information policies. And data administration is a responsible for a specific policies and procedures through which the data is managed, usually they do that, which is called a data governance and a data administration. Now, ensuring data quality is, it is that you need to do as a database manager, you do a data quality audit. So the structured survey of the accuracies and completeness of data in an information system. You will be very surprised if you don't have the data quality audit or data cleansing. We had a case where they, these people have implemented Oracle for their uh, flour mills. <clears throat> and they were not able to extract certain, uh, to get certain queries. And then we had a difficulty to find out what's the reason we spent over two days just looking, thinking that could be something wrong with the application. Then we, we thought maybe it's nothing wrong with the application, could be something wrong with the database. So we had to recall somebody in the database looking at field that it's missing in the database. We fix that and then start the application as running. So the data quality audit, the structured survey of the accuracy and the completeness of data in an information system. And data cleansing is consist of the activity for detecting and correcting data in an information system. That's a cleansing. You always make sure that the data is entered according to the standard you set it up. So nobody can enter numbers instead of a name or a history. And you notice that sometimes you, when you're uh, 
filling out the form online. If it's doing something wrong, it will reject the application and ask you into the that this is what you call like data cleansing uh, governance. So this is the end of the chapter and I'll see you.